At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. You heard it. I'm RJ live coast to coast. 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock here in Vegas. And we got an action-packed hour for you. We're going to define the biggest questions of the week. You answer these questions, you make money. Also, bottom of the hour, first Vegas look at the three biggest Football games of the week. In studio with me, the pros who know. Steve Fezzik, college. Whoa, you do some college, but NFL specialist. With all the college knowledge, Brad Powers. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. Here's my personal promise. We will deliver the Vegas truth to you. But you can't have the pros. Without the Joes, he's my favorite, Jonas Knox, voice of the fans. Always good to be here on Straight Out of Vegas as we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we start with the World Series. The Red Sox beat the Dodgers last night 8-4 to in Game 1 in Boston. RJ what is the Vegas perspective on Game 1 in which we saw Boston take a one nothing series lead last night? One of the, uh, I'll say dichotomies, but then I'll explain. Well, one of the things that separate a Vegas batter from a fan is the focus on wins and losses. We talked about it a little yesterday. You have a field goal, 38-yard field goal to win it, down by two, seconds taken off. You make it. Ah, you win. You miss it, you lose. 
But how different are you as a team? Not at all. But when it comes to your record, your standings, your chance to make the playoffs, very different. Now, think about baseball. How often is a division leader in August, how often do they lose one game and the fans say, that's it, this team's horrible? Or a bottom dweller in August in baseball win one game. Oh, look, I know they're 30 games below 500, but they just won. So why would one game in August not mean anything, but one World Series game means so much? Now, when it comes to you got to win four out of seven, it means a gigantic amount. So if you're a fan and you're rooting for the Dodgers, there's a reason to be upset, no doubt about it. If you're a Red Sox fan, reason to be happy. But if you're a better trying to assess how good these teams are, at one game does not mean very much about the true quality of these teams. Now, that said, I think there were two takeaways or two factors uncovered or at least brought to light even more so worth talking about. One is Kershaw. Kershaw of the Dodgers in the playoffs. So if you look at his regular season ERA compared to the playoffs, he's almost, not quite, but almost two runs worse. 2.4 versus 4.2. Now think about that. It's, I mean, it's not quite double, but it's almost double. Now we could say what? Let's try to be optimistic or, or positive for Kershaw. We could say, oh, uh, hitting is different in the playoffs. Well, if anything, scoring is typically lower in the playoffs, right? Because you have the bullpen ready to go more than the regular season. So now you've got to pitch a good six maybe instead of a typical almost eight. I, I don't see any reason other than nerves. So let me open it up. Jonas, Brad Powers, Fezzik, can we think... This guy over many games, not one game, not two games, is two almost two runs worse, Kershaw, in the postseason. Is there any real reason for that, logical reason, other than nerves? Other than, you know, we don't want to say choke, but choking. I, Fez. I can't come up with anything. Brad. No. Joe. No, nothing. All right. So, oh, Fez got something. Well, the betters expect him to choke because we talk about how Kershaw is never an underdog during the regular season. And look at what that line did last night. Money kept coming in on the Red Sox. They closed like a minus 170 favorite against Kershaw. Yeah, and, and I think the narrative is there, right? And, and think about it. In a sport where having a dominant pitcher is so important in the postseason— Having that ace is so important. To have your ace underperform so drastically in the postseason, it's not only a huge negative to win series, it's a psychological burden. It's like, hey, we can't... You know how great it feels if you're rooting for a team that has that ace that's going to win pretty much 9 out of 10 times? You're like, yeah, we're down 3-1, but we got rocket arm pitching next game. It relaxes you a little bit. With the Dodgers, you got to wonder, yeah, maybe... They win tonight, and, and, and let's get an updated odds. Tonight, minus 140, the Red Sox are favored with Price on the mound. That's about home field, so they're saying these are even teams, even pitchers when you add it up. Red Sox minus 140 because of the home advantage. 
But I think that, that, that not only is Kershaw hurting them with the loss, but I think hurting them psychologically, as in they don't have their ace to rely upon. And I also think that I'm looking to bet against Kershaw next time. Why? Because if it is psychological, if it is nerves, now that you have a loss in the World Series, you're thinking, if I lose a second game, what kind of goat am I going to be? Not the good goat. Uh, So you never know. But I think if we agree that Kershaw is about nerves, he's going to have even more nerves as a problem the next time he starts. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. Continuing on, I think there's a second point about the World Series, which is Fenway. Last time the Dodgers played in Fenway was 2010, eight years ago. So just the eye test to me in that game last night, the unusualness, and most stadiums are pretty generic in baseball, the unusualness of that stadium of Fenway was a negative for the Dodgers. And we can say, yeah, now that they have a second game there, it's going to be less unusual to them. And I think that is an advantage for the Dodgers, or at least removing some of the disadvantage of Fenway being unfamiliar. But watching the game, and let me ask you, Jonas, watching the game, it felt like the Dodgers not being familiar with Fenway was a negative. Yeah, there was some odd spots to where they weren't, they didn't feel comfortable with the surroundings, the dimensions of the field, the dimensions of the park. And baseball is so weird because everywhere else, it's, you know, a 100-yard football field. The NBA court is the same size. The atmospheres well, what, are a little what different. What about the parquet floor? Yeah, oh, that's true. And, you know, they did dead in the wood a little bit there, and there were ghosts <laughs> in the garden. But, so, but in baseball, it's weird. You've got these individual ballparks that have their own dimensions that I'm surprised that there's not more, you know, 2 nothing leads after you go away from a ballpark. I'm surprised when teams do split because you're not used to these surroundings. It doesn't look anything like Dodger Stadium. Yeah, and I think Red Sox is more pronounced because it is unusual Fenway. And another thing, Dodgers are playing with a DH, and that's unusual. So you really think about playing in a stadium you haven't played in. This was entering the game yesterday. For 10 years, you hadn't played there. And how many of the players were there in 2010 for the Dodgers? And you're playing with a DH, which is unusual, though you do interleague. Eh, tough. And you had your ace who struggles in the postseason. Kind of makes sense they lost. By the way, updated series price to win the World Series. Red Sox now minus 270. Dodgers plus 240. So you got to bet 270 to win 100 on the Red Sox. Red Sox are clear favorites, up 1-0. And by the way, before the end of the hour, about 6.55 Eastern, I will have a pick on World Series Game 2. Next year on Straight Out of Vegas, we transition to the NFL. The New York Giants have shaken up their roster again. First, it was former first-round pick Eli Apple, who was traded to the Saints yesterday. And then earlier today, Pro Bowl defensive tackle Damon Snacks Harrison was sent to the Lions in exchange for a fifth-round pick. RJ, what does Vegas make of the Giants' recent moves? Personally, I put Apple in a different category. Uh, Locker room issues last year, a lot of uh, turmoil not surprising, right? If you're not winning, why not get the character right? Or at least get the, and any, it's easy to point and say, oh, bad character. I don't know. I just know he, Apple had conflict with the Giants. But boy, snacks. Now, I have a personal affinity 
to anyone named Snacks. I mean, you know, it, it's like just embracing your true nature. You, you got you got to kind of, uh, I appreciate it. Anyone that really embraces their true nature. That's a bang bang. Oh, that's where we go have a whole meal at one place and then go right to another place and have another one. Bang bang. Right? So snack. <laughs> <laughs> you ever bang bang fest? I have bang bangs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a drop. Oh, that's it. We'll say that. I, I baited him into that yeah. one. But I got to tell you something. This is a shocker to me. So we did uh, some work at pregame.com before the season. We went to Pro Football Reference, and we got every player that was an 8-plus, so the number 8, like a snowman, 8-plus in their rankings, which was the average team had about 6 or 7 8-plus players. The Giants had 2 and Snacks was a seven. So Snacks wasn't in that eight plus, but there were only two players based upon pro football reference, imperfect like any system is, better than Snacks Harrison. And he has multiple years left on his deal. Uh, I think it was you, Fez. What was it? Four million they're paying him this year and seven next? Yeah, seven next. So explain something to me. They got a fifth round pick. What is the rationale of the Giants making this trade? If you're saying, oh, I get the Raiders, the Raiders got a first round pick. If you're trading potentially your third best player, if you're the Giants, and you're getting a fifth round pick, and if it's your third best player, even if you're paying them $7 million next year, that's economical. So, I mean, the Raiders receiver that got traded, what, is $14 million? They're paying him $13.9 I don't understand this. This feels like, I mean, I don't use the word dump in uh, teams are dumping in the NFL. I just don't think they do. You can kind of say as a euphemism, oh, the Giants are looking with an eye towards next year. But even if you have an eye towards next year, why would you trade at minimum when you're top five guys that's only going to be getting paid only, quote unquote, seven million? And by all accounts, he wasn't a locker room problem. So, to me, this is a sign that there's some uh, some real discombobulation within the Giants. What I don't know exactly what they're thinking, but it doesn't seem like the Giants are thinking about winning. And what's interesting is you could say the same thing about the Raiders, but the Raiders' line since last week in this game against the Colts has moved four and a half points against the Raiders. The Giants, after this move, which I think signals that winning this season doesn't seem to be the priority, the line hasn't changed. Washington is favored by one at New York. They were favored by one yesterday, favored by one today, but it seems like we have a signal from the Giants that they're not lo- that their number one focus is not winning this year. So I'm going to look to play against them as the week progresses. When we come back, The biggest questions of the football week are answered. That's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. I have bang banged. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. We'll compare rates for you so you get a great deal, even if it's not with us. Saving you time and money, now that's progressive. Call or click today. 
I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will ask the biggest questions of the weekend in the NFL. We love bringing Vegas to you, and we have fun doing it each day. Right now on the Strip, 82 degrees, and then neon is humming. Guys, we look ahead to this weekend in the NFL in a brand new segment we are doing called Biggest Questions of the Week. And first up... Which locker rooms around the league have the biggest question marks heading into this weekend's action? You know, Jonas, I would actually ask the question a little differently. I would say which locker rooms are in enough turmoil to affect the handicap? Because, Fez, let's say up until week 14, because at a certain point the year's over, there's non-playoff teams, and we can debate are they putting in 100%. But in the NFL, even if a team is 4-7 and seven in Week 12, usually effort's not the issue. You agree with that, right? Yes, very much. Everyone tries to win in the NFL. Because to some degree, you're charging a lot of money as a franchise for eight home games. You better be trying. right? And the whole process and the Sixers approach just doesn't work in the NFL. Now you can, I mean, we've had times in the last seven, eight years, I think there's been twice that the two worst teams in the league were playing and the winner would get the number two pick and the loser would get the number one, and they still were playing hard. Yeah, and it always surprised me, and the bottom line is NBA teams, they tank. NFL teams, they don't. That said, there can be turmoil in a locker room. I think there's three question marks that you can't handicap these teams' games this week without at least asking is the locker room dissension turmoil enough to be a factor? Raiders, number one. We, we talked about it in segment one. By the way, guys, if you don't get to hear the whole, whole show, just go to your favorite podcast player, search for RJ Bell. You'll get straight out of Vegas. Subscribe every day. Producer Lauren does a good job. It's out like five minutes after the show's over. You can listen to it on demand right there. Raiders, the lines moved against them four and a half points. Traded their wide receiver, first round pick senses, all playing for the future. Do you think the Raiders locker room, the Raiders motivation is a factor? Oh, very much. I think that the whole point that they let Cooper go and Gruden did not communicate it to the players, there is basically... So explain that. Gruden did not communicate it to the players. Yeah, so the players are publicly commenting that, wow, we didn't even know about this. We found out through the media that Cooper was being traded. They're very upset about that. They wanted to hear it from their head coach. And I got to tell you, RJ, this four-and-a-half-point line move, I don't think I've ever seen this happen when there isn't a quarterback injury and a team is on a bye. Think about it. Things aren't supposed to happen when you're on a bye. Things are so much worse than they were last game. Well, wait a minute. There hasn't been a game in between. So what's happened? Indianapolis beat Buffalo, and the line moved four and a half points. That is amazing. So against the Raiders, now the Colts on the road, a 2-5 and five team on the road favored by a field goal at Oakland. Vegas is very much the marketplace. The betting market thinks trouble in Raiderland. Team two, the Giants. Uh... Trading Snacks Harrison, the market hasn't adjusted yet. To me, there's no rationale to trade Snacks unless – now, I'll, listen, I'll trade like a banana for Doritos or something. <laughs> it's usually, Like whatever trades I make with Snacks – You'd win that trade. No, I usually lose. My health loses. <laughs> My taste buds tend to win. True. But 
when it comes to snacks, Harrison, I don't, we, we've discussed it. There's no rationale to the trade other than, hey, winning doesn't mean so much this year to the Giants, but the market hasn't moved. What do you think? I think the market will move. I'll make a projection right now that the public is going to bet the Washington Redskins minus one, and the pros are not going to want to bet back on the Giants with all this turmoil. I think that Washington probably closes a larger favorite. Ooh, a little inside info from the Fez. Only two-time Super Contest champion. Last team, the Jacksonville Jags. Three straight really disappointing losses. I mean, I don't remember, what was it, 17 against KC and 37 against Dallas. I'm just going by memory. And then I know it was 13 against Houston. They lost by. If I would have <laughs> given you those three in a row and I said, I'll lay 12 and a half against Houston, you know, uh, whatever it is, 26 and a half against Dallas, you know, like one half point below the way it happened. Would you have given me what? A thousand to one, 2000 to one? The three team super pleaser, probably 200 to one. Yeah. So, I mean, the Jags are like a shocking amount of underperformance. Now, a lot of jibber and jabber about maybe Bortles shouldn't be the quarterback, dissension in the locker room. And now you're on a trip. And I said it today on Adam Carolla's podcast. I'm on every tape it Tuesday, on it Wednesday. When you're in the back of the station wagon driving across country, and the family's fighting, it, it, it's a little more intense than in everyday life, right? The stressors add to the dissension. Boy, it seems like his London trip might add to the Jags' problems. Yes, and I bet the Eagles minus three because of that issue. The reason I didn't make a huge bet, just a bet, is because of Jacksonville is familiar with that London trip. They make it every year. Which is a slight advantage. Uh, and, and, and Philly was your early best bat yesterday on straight out of Vegas. Yes. So you expect that line at minus three, Philly's favored. You expect it to go up. I do. Guys, we continue our biggest questions of the week here on straight out of Vegas because earlier today on The Herd, Colin Cowherd asked about history being made in this weekend's Packers-Rams game in L.A. We all admit now that Aaron Rodgers is, right, great, like probably the most talented quarterback. I think Brady's the best easily, but he's the most talented. They are a nine-and-a-half-point underdog now to the L.A. Rams with Aaron Rodgers. What is Vegas telling you about Green Bay? They don't have any players. Has Tom Brady ever been a five-point underdog? Has Drew Brees in the year the Saints were 7-9, with a bad defense? Was Drew Brees ever a touchdown underdog? That is, I, I couldn't tell you the last time a Hall of Fame quarterback got nine-and-a-half. In 2018, maybe in 1980. So I disagree with Colin. History, Vegas history disagrees. Let's define the question, though. If what Colin is saying is it's surprising, it's unusual to have a team have a quarterback as good as the Packers have with Rodgers and not be a better team than they are, I think he's right. We've talked about Russell Wilson in Seattle, Fez. We've been higher on... Russell Wilson in Seattle than most anybody because our thinking is in 2018 and Collins Wright quarterback has become more and more important that the idea that you could be as good as Russell Wilson some would say top five and have a below average team have a six win team a seven win Seattle team we say history says no now the one exception was Drew Brees and the Saints when they were seven and nine and they had a historically bad defense but if you look at the Saints specifically in Drew Brees, Hall of Famer for sure, last six years, so going back to 2012, 
when Drew Brees started, they've been underdogs of more than a touchdown twice. And one of them in 2014 for the Saints, very analogous. Seattle was a uh, eight-and-a-half-point favorite against the Saints. So the game was in Seattle, 2014, favored by eight-and-a-half against the Saints in the playoffs. So what does that mean? Seattle at that point was the best team in the NFL. That was the perception. They were playing a borderline playoff team, the Saints. Now, they made the playoffs, but I say borderline because they had just snuck in. They just snuck in. And Seattle was favored by eight and a half with the Hall of Famer Drew Brees. Now, Rams, best team in the NFL. Fez, there's not even a debate about that. How much in your power ratings, Fez, how much better are the Rams than the second best team? They're two and a half points better than the Kansas City Chiefs, my number two team. So if, if, if the Rams are at home against the Chiefs, Lions five and a half. Yes. Okay. So that, I mean, that's clearly the Rams are the best team and they're favored now by eight and a half, nine or so against a borderline playoff team. It's hard to say the Packers are much more than a borderline playoff team. So I think Collins point should not be, oh, you don't ever have a Hall of Fame quarterback being this big of a dog. And then Collins point more accurately is, it's rare to have a Hall of Fame quarterback in his prime not have a better team. And with Green Bay being a borderline playoff team, playing the best team in the NFL, this line above a touchdown below 10, the Rams are favored by, makes sense. And history tells us it makes sense. When we come back in a minute, we are going to break down for the first time the three biggest football games of the weekend. That's coming up next, but for all the latest from around the world of sports, it's Dan Beyer. We are an hour away from coverage on Fox, a game two of the World Series. Dodgers and Red Sox from Fenway. Boston's up 1-0, making a slight change to their starting lineup. Christian Vasquez is going to start at catcher tonight and bat ninth. Dodgers not making any changes to their lineup. It's lefty against lefty again. Hunjin Ryu against David Price. First pitch, 8-09 Eastern time again. You can see it on Fox. Some news just coming down as the Big Ten Conference find Michigan State $10,000 for violating pregame policies prior to their game last Saturday against Michigan. The conference gave public reprimands to Michigan State head coach Mark D'Antonio, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, and Michigan linebacker Devin Bush. In the NFL, the Broncos let go of quarterback Chad Kelly today. He was released after he was arrested yesterday on charges of criminal trespassing. The Giants traded defensive lineman Damian Snacks Harrison to the Lions for a fifth-round pick, while the Jets placed running back Bilal Powell on injured reserve with a neck injury that will require surgery, and there are reports this injury could be career-threatening. Some notes from the NBA. The league fined Lakers head coach Luke Walton $15,000 for criticizing officials following their overtime loss to the Spurs on Monday, while Timberwolves guard Anthony Wiggins is going to miss tonight's game against the Raptors with a thigh injury, ending his consecutive game streak at 243. It's just the second missed game for Wiggins in his career. And finally, a jury in Manhattan today found suspended Adidas marketing boss Jim Gatto, former Adidas consultant Merle Code and aspiring agent Christian Dawkins guilty of all counts in the college basketball corruption scandal. Back to you. Thanks, Dan. Straight out of Vegas comes to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up in 12 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio, we will have best bets. I am Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. So it's past the bottom of the hour, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 here in Vegas. 
that means the week is more than half over. We now are freed up to start doing our full look ahead to the weekend, and we always celebrate that right now at 6.30 on Wednesday. We'll call it the Hump of Humps with the three biggest football games of the weekend. We're going to start in college. Brad Powers, all the college knowledge. Georgia, Florida. Right now, Georgia favored by between six and a half and seven in different spots. What's the big factors in the game? Well, let, let's talk first. And we'll transition from just the question segment that we just had in the NFL. I got a question here, just quite simply about Georgia. Here we are, almost Halloween, and I'm not sure really how good Georgia is. Number four in my power ranks almost by default because everyone else behind them has bigger losses than Georgia. Georgia, give them credit. They can only play the teams on their schedule. Beat five of them by 24 points or more. Who's the best team Georgia's beat? Missouri on the road. And where's Missouri in your rankings? Right around 2025. Okay. College football is unique, and I'm using the definition of unique, one of a kind, singular. They're unique in college football because you can be into late October and really not have played a game that's super meaningful if you're an elite team. Now, meaningful is probably not the right word. Not super telling. It doesn't tell. I mean, beating Missouri. What was the line? You remember the line in the Missouri Yeah, game? Georgia was a 14-point road favorite. Now, listen, Ohio State was almost a 14-point favorite, got beat. So let's give Georgia credit. They didn't, uh, you know, lay a huge egg in some of these other games. But, boy, winning a spread of 14, a game like that, by 21 or 28 tells you something. But it doesn't tell you the same thing as beating a team that's competitive. The idea where this late in the year, we have so many question marks about Georgia, it really is unique to college football. It is, and Georgia's played exactly one game, what I would consider legitimate opponent. LSU, not a good look for Georgia, a 20-point loss. So question still remains, how good is Georgia? So do you like Florida? I do lean with Florida. Not like Florida, lean with Florida. Ooh, okay. Now remember, guys, if you lean, it's like, hey, RJ's forcing me. But if they like, it means they're betting the game. Guys, we go next in our early preview of the biggest games in the NFL and college football to the NFL. We just talked about the historical significance of the line, the betting line in the Packers-Rams game. If you missed that, you can check out the podcast on FoxSportsRadio.com. It'll go up shortly after the show. But the Rams right now a a 9.5-point favorite in L.A. hosting the Packers. And Fez... What we know is this, having a borderline playoff team against the best team in the league and that borderline team's on the road, this line of nine and a half is not crazy, not unusual. It is, though, Aaron Rodgers' biggest underdog of his career. He's never been this big of a dog. Another way to say that, I think, is Green Bay's never been this bad around them. Because even though the Rams are clearly the best team in the NFL— I don't think the Rams are historically good. Do yeah. you? No, they're rated right about where a Super Bowl champ typically winds yeah, up. Yeah, so in. every given year, you're going to have a team that's right around where the Rams are. Correct. So the idea that Green Bay's played in Super Bowls, Green Bay obviously against my Steelers, they won in 2010 season, uh, no doubt. But I is it fair to say that the Packers are the worst team that Aaron Rodgers has ever been surrounded by? Oh, I think so. So what are they missing? What are the key 
Uh, I mean, is it running game? Is it defense? Obviously, it's some combination. What are you seeing with this Packer team? Oh, I think it's the defense. We thought that they brought in some guys in the secondary. They were supposed to improve, and bottom line, it just hasn't happened. And it's frankly taken Herculean efforts from Rodgers in the fourth quarter to steal games against the Bears, against the 49ers. I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. We're breaking down the biggest games of the weekend. First time, 6.30 Eastern every Wednesday, first time of the week. So the Rams, uh, on one hand, you got excited about them early. We got a bet where I'm giving you six to one on the Super Bowl. I like to six to one. All right, don't perk up that much. <laughs> Jesus, you see, I mean, wow. it was like it was like he wasn't alive <laughs> until he got to talk about that one. All right, you got me on that one. We'll see what happens. But the fact of the matter is, there's been some real question marks recently about the defense. They've been getting run on. If you look at DVOA and advanced metric, it hasn't been good for the Rams' rush defense. Obviously banged up with Tlaib. Uh, you know, Peters banged up. Uh, to me, it felt like the 49er game, and we both had the 49ers, which sounds goofy now in hindsight, right? But we did. That was, it seemed like almost a statement game. Third straight road game for the Rams, favored by almost double digits on the road. You think that's one they win by four. What did you see in the Rams game last week that caused you to reevaluate or not? I didn't reevaluate that much. I did upgrade the Rams slightly, but the 49ers imploded with turnovers. So the Rams had so, a big turnover advantage. Now here, Jonas, is where you can understand how stubborn professional batters are like Fez. <laughs> now, that says, that said, listen, Fez hasn't had a straight job since Prince was running around singing 1999 the second time here like 19 years ago. And we know this about Fez. I am Elmer J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. So he's smart. He's got a mansion. He's got a yacht. He hasn't had a straight job since 99. We agree with all that. But the stubbornness, here's the question. Would you bet right now San Francisco plus nine and a half against the Rams, hosting the Rams again? No. Oh, I'm shocked. So you just said you hardly upgraded the Rams, but the 49ers imploded. And, oh, what we know for sure is turnovers tend to be random. So why wouldn't you want the same thing again? When I said I hardly upgraded them, <laughs> I did upgrade them by the Rams by one point, and I downgraded the 49ers by a point. So that was a significant So really change. you misled the, the nation. Yeah, I misspoke. <laughs> I mean, we're on almost 200 stations Many top 10 markets, top 20 markets, and you just misled. Well, I saw the Raiders' power rating move four and a half <laughs> points, and I thought that was trivial compared uh, to it. But you didn't move the Raiders four and a half. No, I did not. Did. The market did, yes. So you just lied again. Yes. Jeez, Jonas. I hope he can uh, turn this around. Unbelievable. He goes off speed here in the middle of a, the week. I can't believe it. Uh, guys, we continue our biggest, uh, our early preview of our biggest games in the NFL. We go to the rematch of the Minneapolis Miracle. It's the Saints going to Minnesota on Sunday night to take on the Vikings. This game on pregame.com right now is a pick 'em. Okay, let's do this one quick, and we'll be talking about this later. I like the Vikings a good bit. I'm not making it official yet. My rationale is there's going to be a lot of narrative about redemption from the Minnesota miracle. I'm not, I think both these teams are at max motivated. I don't think it goes past 10. I think the Saints just played a physical game on the road against Baltimore. They won a coin flip. Everyone's all excited. Vikings have a key defender back. 
30-second early handicap on this game, Fez. Yeah, I think it's a great spot on point that the fact that the Saints won that game, now they're on the road against so they won against Baltimore. Baltimore, and now they go on the road against another top team, really difficult to win both those games. And the Minnesota defense, which was bad early in the year, is improving. Gave up 21 points, then 10 points, then 17 points. The defense did the last three games. They're trending upwards. You bring it up, the, the, their um, pass rusher comes back this week. Mike Lombardi had a stat. Last three games, the Vikings have allowed five third-down conversions. Three games, five third-down conversions successful. That's a defense trending up. When we come back, I got a free pick on tonight's World Series game. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted, and it's money-making time next year on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh oh, I see Van Fleet is questionable tonight. Better fade the baby dinosaurs. I'm RJ Bell. We got Brad Powers talking in the background, but we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will have a best bet from Steve Fezzik. But guys, the World Series continues later on tonight. It is Game 2, Boston with a one nothing series lead. David Price and Hinjin Ryu is the pitching matchup. And right now the Red Sox a minus 140 favorite at Fenway. I mean, when you could say Hinjin Ryu that smoothly, Jonas. If he wasn't in L.A., I'd have no shot at saying that. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> I like this. I'm betting on the Red Sox. Now, listen, Straight Out of Vegas probably has more dedicated listeners than the typical radio show. Why? Because once you start figuring out, hey, I can do better with my betting by listening, now it's fun and you're doing better, right? So we got those dedicated listeners. They might say, RJ, you say dogs in baseball. I agree. I generally do. Because I think that what's seemingly predictive in Baseball, which would be, hey, how many games did this team win during the regular season? Isn't really that predictive in the postseason. That's what history tells us. And we've been very effective just in our five weeks on Straight Out of Vegas betting dogs in baseball, giving those picks to you. I'm going favored here. Two reasons. Price has a history, the Red Sox starter, of not doing well in the postseason. That's probably a little bit of an understatement. But he won his last one monkey off his back. So to me, whatever optimism I have for Price entering this game off a win is so much higher than it would have been entering last game before that first win. But I think the market's just looking at it saying, hey, here's a guy that has a career really good in the regular season and a career really bad in the playoffs. This is different, in my opinion, at least potentially because Price is off a win and obviously, there's some psychology, psychological elements to underperforming so much in the postseason. Second reason, in every other sport, football, college or pro, basketball, college or bro, pro, hockey. I don't know much about soccer, and I don't like to talk about soccer. <laughs> but let's stick with the American sports. If you have a must win, it's an advantage. Now, it can be such a stressful situation it can start to have some negative elements. But in general, in football, if you have one team that you know is going to be motivated 
and the other team has questionable motivation, that team with the clear quote-unquote must-win motivation has an advantage, football, basketball. But baseball is not about effort. It's not about, no, obviously you got to make a minimum effort, but it's not about we're going to try extra hard today, guys. No. If anything, that tightens you up. That stresses you out. Baseball is a very zen game. It's not about aggression. So the instincts of the betting market are to say, wait a minute, Boston, they're up 1-0, they're fine, but the Dodgers need this win. To me, that's a negative, not a positive. But right now, Boston favored minus 140. It seems like it's being priced that, oh, the Dodgers have an advantage because they are more motivated. I think that's a disadvantage. R.J. Bell says, free pick, Boston minus 140 tonight. We will get to Fez's best bet here coming up in a moment. want to let you know we are brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It is a doubleheader tonight on ESPN in the NBA, and we start in Atlanta. Mavs at the Hawks. Dallas, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Fez, you got first, uh, I think, NBA best bet of the year on straight out of Vegas. Yeah, I like Dallas. I bet Dallas minus one and a half. It is all about Dallas being undervalued based upon last year's win-loss record. They only won 24 games, RJ. How did they only win 24 games? Well, they somehow went 11-34 and in games decided by seven points or fewer. Coin flip games. But they really weren't coin flip games because Dallas had some very questionable personnel in the final five minutes of many of these games late in the year. They were trying to lose, in my opinion, by using their second stringers. Now they're trying to win. So because of that, Dallas undervalued, solid value tonight, Dallas minus one and a half. So what you're saying is Dallas was tanking. That led them to have a worst record last year. They're being valued this year based upon last year's record, but they're trying to win this year value on the Mavs you especially like and best bet tonight against the Hawks correct okay and we got one more NBA game remember guys in our last block right before 7 Eastern we always give you what you need for tonight's TV action that's why we call it Jonas coined the phrase the pregame show you always wanted it's Milwaukee it's Philadelphia line opened up Milwaukee favored by four and a half it's been Bucks. Bucks on the Bucks. I've never said that before. Bucks on the Bucks, up to six. I actually still like Milwaukee here. I'm not betting it, so let's call it a lean. And here's why: I don't think any team in the NBA has benefited more than Milwaukee from the new coach, and they're running a very modern offense. And this is a team that uh, is going to benefit from. They got the players to benefit from that type of offense. On the other hand, Philadelphia. If you listen to the guys that watch every game, Embiid's just not moving as effectively in the blocks as he's been. Is it injury? Is it something? I don't know. Milwaukee, though, I think is better than the record. Philly, probably a little bit worse. So I'm going to go with a pretty strong lean on the Bucks tonight, minus six. The odd couple comes up next. We are straight out of Vegas back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Yes! 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Any college baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns, and get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 